Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're back with more MCU. We're here with Black Widow. Will, JJ, and I haven't been uh, together for an MCU uh, movie podcast since um, since we get, got through our rewatch. But joining us is our friend Kim, who is a big Black Widow fan. So, uh, Kim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I did want to ask you, Kim, like, what is your experience with, like, Marvel and the MCU. I've been asking like everybody who's been a new guest with us, like what their experience with that is. So, um, so I wasn't like a huge fan until I got with Noah, my fiance. But I did see the first one that I saw was Captain America in theaters, mm-hmm. and then it kind of branched out from that. I saw Iron Man two in theaters, but I've never been really caught up since like we talked about this before, Berkey. Since like Civil War, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um. But since then, I've watched, like, every Marvel movie, and I don't know. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I've watched every single one since about Civil War. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know I've, I've said it on the podcast before, but I was kind of casual until about Civil War too, and then I kind of watched them all from there and went back and watched the other ones previously. So I, that was kind of me at a time as well, before I got, like, majorly into it. Um all right, well, let's get into it. So we're going to go through our spoiler-free impressions first. So this is just like, if people just want to listen to this, this and they haven't seen the movie, then they can listen to our spoiler-free impressions and get off if they have not seen the movie, because you should go watch the movie. So um, I guess uh, I can start real quick, and then I'll let you guys go. I think that with this movie it was it was great to get back in theaters to see it first of all um for some, for the first time in uh, 2 years since far from home but um i think the movie thematically fits as a black widow movie and i know that we're probably going to talk about oh it should have come out a lot earlier um i i just think in terms of that marvel studios had to get rid of the bigot known as like pearl mutter um and kevin feige has been like on uh on uh he's been on file as having said like basically he wanted to do like stuff like this or captain marvel or black panther a lot sooner but perlmutter uh his sexist racist uh personality or uh he would not let them do these movies much earlier so um I i thought it was good good action was good um and some of the characters new additions are pretty nice as well uh so uh jj you wanna go next Sure. Um, I agree, Jake. I think it was very much a Black Widow movie. This is kind of what I expected from it. Um, it very much got into the secret agent spy side of it, which was cool. Um, I do feel like it was a little strange of a placement for this movie, being an origin story for a character that was gone. I mean, we've had origin stories up to this point that have come much later than the beginning of the MCU. Right. Captain Marvel is a good example of that. But um, this is post-Black Widow's death in Endgame, which, um, I mean, I enjoyed it, but, like, there's... It felt like the connection that they're making now to the rest of the MCU felt a little bit forced. Yeah. I, I can totally get that um, criticism as well. Uh, well, your your spoiler free impression of the movie. <laughs> Anyways, that wasn't for you. That wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> I just got so, flipped off. <laughs> no, it's for our guest. <laughs> so, anyways, man, I'm getting distracted already. Uh, 
I dug it. I dug Black Widow. It did make me mad, though, that they didn't jump the gun on this sooner. Mm-hmm. Because it just would have made uh, her death even more impactful, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few things that, like, happened in the movie. And, like, when you, like, kind of look back at uh, Infinity War, kind of, like, at first it seems a little confusing with some of her dialogue she has. But, you know. But overall, I like the dark tone to it. Like, from the very beginning of the movie, like, the tone that it said, I was like, oh, this is, mm-hmm. I'm liking this. Like, the, it, what it told me, like, straight up, that they were taking this movie seriously, and I was so happy. Like, they did her justice, and it just made me mad, though, that it it took this long for just them to give us a Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. This would even If this would have just came out, like, before Infinity War, it would have been just amazing mm-hmm. yeah kim uh your your spoiler free thoughts um i actually agree with will i didn't think about it that way but i feel like it would have made endgame way more emotional um just because of everything i'm trying not to spoil it <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> just because of everything that happened in the movie it would have made it so much more emotional i know that even though infinity war already came i was very emotional um with the movie it, I really liked it a lot. I feel like it did her a justice. And I was even telling my fiancé, like, I hope this is part of the movie. And, um, like, it was an important part. I don't want to spoil anything. It was, like, an important part to her character. And they did that, and it just it made everything so much better. So I really liked it a lot. I think they did a great job. Yeah. I, and, like, yeah, it... Like, I expected going in to not be, like, super wowed with the movie, but I, it went, like, as soon as it started, um, before we get into spoilers, like, uh, just, like, that start was darker than I expected, and even rewatching it last night, like, I, my parents were shocked at how dark it started, and it, and I was like, yeah, this is a, this is something a little bit new for Marvel to go this dark, this, this, uh, this like at the start of a MCU movie, but they they pulled it off and it fit with the character. So, all right, well let's get into our spoilers. So uh, now, if you have not seen the movie, you can get off. Or if you for some reason want to be spoiled, uh, go for it. I guess. Um, so let's talk about the cast. Five minutes. Get the uh, all right, let's get to the cast. We have to, of course, talk about really the closure, full closure for Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow. And, you know, yes, I wish it would have come out sooner. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, it, I think it does give closure to her character, though. Um, and we really get to finish seeing what her past was and kind of understand. Uh, it, and really, like... Um, because, like, the whole thing, we, we saw, pre- we've seen previously that sh- it's been mentioned that she's had red in her ledger and she wants to wipe it out. And this was really the closure to wiping all the red from her ledger before she died, so. Um, seeing, like, this evolution into this softer side of her throughout this movie mm-hmm. really helped, for me, bridge the gap um, into what she was in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, Infinity War, I feel like, was a weird follow-up to this movie, like how her character changed in that movie. Yeah. Uh, but it is nice to see those familial connections that she gets. 
I do feel like Endgame would have been a more impactful way to for Scarlett Johansson to leave the MCU. And I don't know what she's done altogether because we may get cameos from her later, but this didn't have much of a sense of finality for that character. For me. Yeah, that makes sense. Will? Um, I thought this was definitely like an impressive showing for her. Like, her getting the main spotlight and seeing her pretty much orchestrate it all and like just like the movie world revolving around her, she did a really good job. Like I was actually pretty surprised like how well invested I was in this in her performance because I'm not a big Black Widow fan. Like I'm not. Mm-hmm. I think she's interesting and cool, but like the whole time, like everything she was doing, like every scene, I was just like, damn, what's she gonna do now? Yeah. Okay, cool, all right, sweet. <laughs> like, I was, I, honestly, I was genuinely genuinely surprised, like, how much hype I got with, like, her performance and, like, all her scenes. Like, there was just certain moments, like, I was just like, go, man, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Kim, your thoughts? Because I know this is your favorite character in the MCU, so. <laughs> it was so hard, like, for me, as like such a huge Black Widow fan, it gave me so much closure because I knew she had the Avengers, but you know, after Endgame, a lot of them just are kind of gone, you know? And so I really was hope like, I didn't know she had a family and they always made her seem out to be so alone except for the Avengers. So like finding out that she had this family made it so much better for me as a part and, like, as I talked about before, like, one of the main things I always wanted to know was more about her past. As I talked about, like, scenes that I wanted to see in the movie, I was, like, really hoping that they brought something into about who she was before she was an Avenger because I didn't really know anything. Like, Noah kind of briefed me up on it, but it wasn't what I wanted. I wanted more. So that was really nice, and it was cool to see that she had a family and at the end i was definitely crying because <laughs> <laughs> at the end like i was just like what do they do when they know that she dies like a year later like yeah <laughs> like, what? what and i was crying and no one was making fun of me he's like why are you crying like because she dies literally like a year later after making up with her family and i, <laughs> and I was yeah tears i really did like it but um i do agree that i i wish that endgame was for endgame because then i wouldn't be hoping for more yeah i mean i know we talked about this when we way back when we talked about endgame earlier this year finally but um i mean because like that was a shocking moment to have black widow die in that movie i didn't expect that going in and Did you know that by the time i saw the movie i knew tony stark was dead because everybody blew it up on facebook oh I was like, <laughs> no one told me black widow died rip Yeah. And I'm like, how dare you not tell me Black Widow died? And Noah's like, oh, I thought you knew. Like, you can't just not tell me this. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the cool things about this movie was you got to see Black Widow work in her element. Oh, yeah. Like, interact with characters that do a similar, if not the same damn job as her. Like, when she's paired up with the Avengers, yeah, you see some cool, interesting interactions, but, the, like, they are on, like, different fields and different levels like 
her and Cat made a great team, but still, Cat was not like on her level. Like, no, like was never down with what she did and like what she has done. Like he's been in, he was in World War Two, but like still, like different like kinds of uh, experience that they've had. And I think also like just some of like the things like we Rookie brought up about how like she was trying to get a clean slate. Like you remember during the first Avengers, Loki when he was like, yes. Oh, He's listing off all this stuff and brought up the daughter. Dracov's daughter, yeah. Yeah, Dracov's daughter. And, like, and at first you're just like, what? What? And then, like, seeing that she did something like that, after, like, getting to know Black Widow that we do, we're just like, I was just like, damn, like, like, what was she really like back then? Because, like, like, the Natasha you get, like, towards, like, Infinity War and Endgame, probably would have never made that call. Like, right. not even consider that kind of stuff. Well, no. She did say in the movie, though, that she did it because that's what she had to do to become an Avenger. Yeah, to, to defect to S.H.I.E.L.D. at that point. Exactly. Right. Oh, I feel like she still would have did it even as Endgame Black Widow. Because this is what she wanted for her life. Right. I don't know, but it's just like, it's like it just seems... I think it was just like, because she, she always seemed to be more of like the... I don't want to say the mom figure of the group, but in a way, she was always the one that was, like, the more mature one of all mall. Like, yeah. when they, especially, like, during Civil War, like, while they were all going through their stuff, you know, I'm not saying they were, like, being super immature, but, like, she was the one, at least, she talked about it. She's like, it's better to try to stay together. Like, she was genuinely just trying to keep them together. So it's like... Right. Because, like, see her actually make that kind of decision, I was, I was a little shocked because I was like, damn, that's a little, that's pretty cold. Yeah, but, well, she also probably could have seen it as something, because, yes, she did it to for S.H.I.E.L.D. and to become an Avenger, but at the same mm-hmm. time, not only that, she was doing it to avenge herself. So she probably saw it as also not just avenging herself, but helping other people, or mm-hmm. other women, I'm sorry, not just people, other women, because she wanted to protect other women from this. So she probably saw, oh, it's one life compared to thousands or even millions of lives. Yeah. Because like, it's his daughter or it's thousands of more girls that are going to go through the same thing that I did. Yeah, that, that sums it up really well. And like Will said, that, that callback, like, clearly they went back to the dialogue that they had in Avengers with Loki talking to Black Widow and were like, hey, we can use the Dracov's daughter, go back to that, and then pull that out. And I they did that really, really well. And then we finally got to see what happened in Budapest to... Uh, Budapest now the correct pronunciation I guess we've been saying it wrong for years um and uh that was cool um uh apparently like if you listen to the voice she is talking to Clint Barton like you can hear Jeremy Renner's voice when in like that little flashback scene um so that is a cool thing and Kevin Feige confirmed it because they had like a watch party I think it was last night actually on Twitter so that's a cool uh, thing to notice. Um, was he a credited voice? I don't know if he was credited. I don't know. We'd have to look at like the credits and see, but that it was confirmed. And like with what happens in the post-credit scene that we'll get to, I'm not surprised that they had Jeremy Renner do a little bit of a cameo because they're obviously setting a certain thing up. <laughs> so... Um, a- anything else to say on Scarlett Johansson as Natasha that we haven't already mentioned? Uh, I'll just say this is my favorite performance from her in any Marvel movie. I can agree with that. I yeah. I 
Yeah. I I mean, I'm glad that they gave her this time for Scarlett Johansson to get, get closure. Because um, that, that another thing that bothered me, I mean, I will say from Endgame, is that she didn't get to be in that giant final battle. Like, she's the only character that didn't get to be yeah. in that. So it's nice at the very least, like, even if this should have come out before, at the very least, Scarlett Johansson got to get, like, one final goodbye to her character that she's played for ten plus years. So. Yeah. Let's, uh, I'm thinking about Endgame and how she died for just a second, like, to sidetrack. I honestly think how she died was, like, probably the best way for her, too. Like, that is definitely how she would want to go. Yeah. I know she didn't, I know she, also at the time it didn't really seem like she had a choice. It was either her or Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. But I think that was what she would have wanted. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, again, that's a really great scene uh, in Endgame as well. The Vormir scene with her and Hawkeye. So, all right. Well, I think we said enough there. Uh, let's move on to some the rest of our uh, new cast. And we have one returning cast uh, member as well that we'll talk about uh, later. Uh, Florence Pugh is Elena. I really loved her as an addition to the MCU. I'm really excited to see her moving forward. Um, she had some great comedic lines. Um, really none of her, com- none of her comedy felt forced in a movie that was also going th- through some dark themes. It was really refreshing for her comedy, uh, at, at the right times. And so, um, and you really got to feel what she was feeling at certain points and, her reactions to things like with uh, Red Guardian and stuff were very, um, you understood why she was feeling that way, so. I'm going to disagree with you on the force bit a little bit. I think her posing was a little bit extra. Um, It was a great joke. Everything else, like her comments on the posing before that, uh, I I didn't mind. It was just once we got more into that serious tone in the movie, I preferred to only have the one character be our comedic relief at that point instead of having it come from multiple characters. But that being said, I love Florence Pugh's performance. And Kim, I'm going to turn it over to you in just a second. <laughs> um, I, I think that her and Scarlett Johansson worked very well together on screen. I very much felt that sister um, relationship between the two of them. It looks like Will and Kim both want to get in on this like immediately. <laughs> Okay, Baruki, I've already told you this story, but yes. I have to talk about the posing. Okay, so let me tell you, I read an article on this, and she talked about it in an interview. The whole posing joke happened because she was literally just messing around with Scarlett Johansson off screen, and the writer happened to be there, and she was like literally like joking with her. I'm trying not to swear right now. <laughs> <laughs> She's literally like messing with her, like making fun of her posing and stuff because they had said to her like, "Oh, what's gonna." Elena's pose is going to be, and she's like, oh, no, I have to have a pose. And then she went and she was messing with Scarlett Johansson, and the writer heard about it, so that's how that got written into the movie. Yeah, that that's... Eat it, JJ. So it's something that actually happened. Like, so... Oh, man. Okay, though, Will, I've been a long-time proponent of less comedy in these movies. I'm going to continue to stick to that you have with you on that one though i've been with on you on that for a lot of it i haven't been but that's also because i i love the guardians so i love the comedy so um all right well you want to say your stuff on yelena as a character oh my god i love yelena so much i never thought like so like for a while everyone scarlett johansson was like almost like what everybody was simping over 
But then Yelena showed up. And like I just genuinely, <laughs> like from the first scene, fell in love with her. I was like, this is a bad bitch. I love her. I want more of her. And then the posing thing. So normally I'm with JJ on like the forced comedy bit or like over the top stuff. But I was just sitting there watching and I was chuckling because I thought the same thing at one point. And like, so I was like, oh man, it's a match made in heaven. She's reading my mind right now. (laughs) And it was like at a perfect moment too, just where she's like, like it was one of those things that was just bothering her the whole time. It's not important, but she just had to get it off her chest. She's like, yo, um, quick question while we have a break in the action. Uh, What's with the posing? <laughs> and then, like, she's like, accent, but it's like, and then later on, like, towards the end of the movie, when she lands, and then she's like, Ugh. or when, or when Scarlett Johansson lands at the prison, and then she's like, uh, and then she comments on, like, they followed the joke up really well both times. When she ended up doing the pose, and she's like, Ugh. I was like, <laughs> she's so real. Like to me, that felt so genuine. I was like, oh my god, this is fucking hilarious. I genuinely laughed at that part because I was like, I feel you, girl. Yeah. Like, she was a strong, on um, like, uh, co-star in this. Like she, for as similar she was to Natasha, she was also different. Like it, I don't know, like how it's like they felt very well meshed together. Like they flowed well together, worked well. I loved her. Just like her whole attitude, she when she was having her emotional time, like moments, I felt it. Mm-hmm. it. It was very believable. And then when she was kicking ass, I was just like, "Damn, they got another one!" And it made me think. I'm like, if they're gonna pass the black man, black widow mantle over, give it to Elena. Give it to her. Yeah, I will not argue one bit. I will miss Scarlett Johansson in that role. Yes, but. Yelena yeah. can have it. <laughs> yeah, I agree completely. I'm excited. And we'll talk about the post credit scene and what it's setting up. But I love what they're going to do with her character next. Um, and I'm just excited to see where it goes. Um, yeah, and I mean, like, I don't know. The other one that made me uh, laugh was the moment when they're in the helicopter and they're talking with uh, David Harbour and she's like, oh, yeah, I, I don't have a uterus. They cut out all my, like... Yeah. <laughs> reproductive like, organs. Are you on your period? She's like, I don't have a <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but like, I think it's just because Kim and I have been friends for too fucking long. But like, the way that conversation was going, I was like, I swear to God, I feel like Kim's giving me a <laughs> like, I don't know why. Just the whole attitude, she's like, I swear to God, I would have heard Kim just go off on somebody like this before. <laughs> Just like that cold, like, just like, no, dumbass. Like, it was just like that whole tone. I was like, yeah, I've I felt that tone before. <laughs> I know what it's like. And how she explained how they take the uterus out, and he's like, okay, stop, stop. <laughs> Why do you have to be so clinical? It was such a disturbing conversation, but at the same time, it's just like, I'm like, this is fucking great. I don't know why. They're definitely a family. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or when she's like, it'd be a cool way to die to the avalanche, but then she, when she's about to get her brain cut out, she's like, this would not be a cool way to die. <laughs> I loved her comedy. I loved how, like, the, I love how the writer wrote her comedy. I just think it fits her character so well. Yeah. And I also wanted to say, I, I found this out on Kevin Feige's watch party on Twitter um, last night. He said that... Um, 
and I think I might have seen this elsewhere as well, but one of the improvised scenes, the scene where Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh are, like, uh, pointing the gun at each other, and Florence Pugh almost uh, trips as she steps backwards, and Scarlett Johansson says, watch your step, that was improvised, because Florence Pugh accidentally almost tripped, and Scarlett Johansson just said, watch your step, like, actually, and they left it in, so... That was a that was a cool little <laughs> accidental. That's not the first time the MCU's left accidental improv improvisation in. I mean that uh, the first time that I can remember is Chris Pratt accidentally dropping the orb in Guardians and picking it up. Fucking trash. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So that uh, that sums up Florence Pugh, I think. Um, no, we'll... it's me. Rude. I thought you had your okay. If you want to say more, Kim. Okay, go go for go for more. Praise Florence Pugh more. Rude. <laughs> um, no, I just my biggest statement that I wanted to make is um, I don't think any of you do. Any of you have a sister? I know Will doesn't. I have an older sister. Okay, I also so do. You, oh, okay, so you guys might relate to this, but I loved her and Scarlett Johansson together, and I did love the posing comment because that's literally something like my sixteen-year-old sister and I would do to each other. Mm-hmm. Even in like an intense situation, we still find a way to like you know, um, throw shade at each other or like you know to mess with each other. So I really liked, I loved the sisterly bond and all the jokes that they made because it's something I related to having my sixteen year old sister. Yeah, and yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, I yeah again, I think we praised Florence Pugh and like we all almost uh pretty much agree that she's great um all right let's talk i know will has some thoughts on him and i know um jj and i kind of had some more positive thoughts david harbour as alexi or red guardian um i will say i understand will's takes because will's told me his takes off off recording um i understand it i also just love david harbour though mainly from stranger things i'm his hopper um but i do understand like this movie he's kind of just a doofus and but it makes sense because he's like the guy he's the bad father who sold out his daughters to uh this human trafficking and like it it sucks um and and, you know maybe he is kind of trying he is trying to make up throughout for that throughout the movie um but and again, like stuff they could have used for Red Guardian uh, in terms of fighting and whatnot could have been better. But um, yeah, that, I still enjoyed David Harbour as Red Guardian for some of the comedy bits. And so, but JJ, uh, I love David Harbour. Um, really, like you, only from Stranger Things is what I know him from. I know he was Hellboy, but that movie was kind of a flop. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> But I, I liked him quite a bit in this movie. I enjoyed most of the comedy that he delivered. Um, it's weird to have so much of it in a darker movie like this. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of just the standard for Marvel at this point. So mm-hmm. I don't really know what to say on that. I do feel like his character kind of makes sense for his arc, though. Like, having been in prison for so long and just, like he's this super soldier in prison with a bunch of other regular dudes like he's king shit around there and he's just going to act all arrogant and like a dumbass which he is throughout the movie yeah um 
one thing I do want to point out is the Crimson Dynamo reference was kind of funny because that was a misnomer. Yes. Um, Crimson Dy- Dynamo and Red Guardian together are part of the Winter Guard, which is a Russian team of superheroes. Um, and Crimson Dynamo is the counterpart to Iron Man. <laughs> Red Guardian is the counterpart to Captain America. Right. So kind of neat. And he does bring up Captain America a lot. And I will say, uh, before I let Will and Kim go, uh, I remember when I was in the theater and it was at the beginning and and at the beginning scene when they're fleeing like uh, the police or S.H.I.E.L.D. It might have been S.H.I.E.L.D. because my parents actually pointed that out last night when we were rewatching it. But um, I whispered to J.J., I'm like, how is he holding on to the wing of the plane? And then I figured out, oh, he's a su- Russian super soldier. And then I was like, okay, never mind. I'm just going to keep my stupid questions that... I should know, but okay, that's just me. All right, well, your thoughts on Red Guardian? I didn't like him. I really didn't like him. <laughs> I thought I would. Nancy. Uh, what? Negative Nancy. I know, right? <laughs> Darn me. Nah, I didn't like him. I I thought I would li- like the beginning of the prison scene. I thought I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna dig this guy, especially the way like he was escaping. You know, he was like piling through these waves, I was like, alright, cool. And then, like, the humor kept going and going, I was just like, oh my fucking god, they're just another tubby, very possibly drunk 24-7, like, they're redoing the fucking Thor gimmick from Endgame. Again. Just slapped a Russian accent on him. And it's just like, I get it, he's in prison, he's a bad father, but, like, this weird trope that he's, like, like, are we just going to ignore the fact that, like, he still had, like, years and years of, like, training to be, like, this top agent? Like, can we for, like, once just, like, keep a character, like, somewhat serious and, like, intimidating? Like, I get it. You want to have a comedic relief. But, like, for the love of God, like, this dude also was, like, a big part in Natasha's life, like, in forming them. Mm-hmm. And, like, a big response was, like, he was, like, legit an agent at one point. Like, the opening scene, like, when they were younger and you were seeing them do all this stuff, it's like, you know he could do this. And I get prison kid, like, slack him off. Like, I think that's just also, honestly, I think that's just, like, a, some bullshit, like, excuse of, oh, he was in prison or with normal guys. He's a super soldier who was trained to violence and shit like that, you know, probably at least keeps somewhat, like, entertained by fighting people in shape. I don't know, I just bugged the fuck out of me that he just seemed like he was always drunk, always just dumb. And then the times where he got the fight outside the prison, he's just like, oh, ooh, get my ass beat. Yeah. Like, like, when they fucking invaded the house, he's just like, he's getting all suited up. I'm like, oh, is he gonna fight off some lips? Now nah, he gets fucking darted. Yeah, and they did the... Points, well. Yeah, I can... It's like, I'm so sick of this dumb trope that they're doing now. Like, he's a super soldier. Like, Russia's first super soldier. Like, Official, because mm-hmm. Winter Soldier is, like, another... Winter Soldier still OG Russian Super Soldier. Fuck Red Guardian. But, like, anyways, like... Damn. Oh, my God, you're so salty. It's so, no, it's just, it's so dumb, because, that like, every moment he was on, like, the only time that I genuinely was enjoying it was, like, when he was actually trying to have a conversation with his daughter. Yeah. And like I, we're in the room and he was singing her song. I was like, okay, that's a good moment. I yeah. like this moment. He's genuinely trying. But in other times I'm just like, this is guy is so fucking wasted on the scene. Nothing against the actor. It's just the character and the way that they had him. It was just like I don't need this. Yeah. I'd rather see the mob. 
the mom was more entertaining and she wasn't trying to be funny yeah we'll talk about her as well um yeah i can totally see where you're coming from will um I also want to say that he's also, we've seen that with not only Thor and Endgame, but we've seen it with Drax throughout the MCU of being the idiotic, muscle-bound character. Yeah, yeah, and and should be doing more than they actually let him do. And so I totally I totally agree with that, and that we did talk about how Drax was our least favorite part of the Guardians um, in our Guardians podcasts. So, um, yeah, I like Drax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I, I did want to bring up, you already brought it up, Will, but the scene with him singing uh, Bye Bye Miss American Pie to Yelena was a great moment, actually. I really dug that, um, and that, um, I yeah, I just thought it was a sweet moment. Kim, your thoughts on Red Guardian? Um, I didn't watch Stranger Things, and I actually didn't, I don't know him as an actor at all, but I thought he did a pretty good job, but after Will... Said, a, said what he said, I can see where he's coming from, how they're repeating. Um, I guess it would make sense to want to see, uh, to would have seen him do more, you know, superhuman stuff. That would make more sense. And it was kind of disappointing to see him get hit with darts. I was also kind of like, why? The dart trope of just yeah, like, like, oh yeah, wait, you, you think one can do, and then you just get hit with a bunch. Like, that's a yeah, trope. It, it was funny, but it was just kind of like, oh, well, that's like they didn't even fight mm-hmm. you know but i thought he did a pretty good job though yeah but i like the comedy i like the comedy because it helps me with the darker stuff so yeah and that's the same with my parents and i as well to an extent but i totally like the um more emotional bits as well um yeah oh, oh go no you can go oh i was gonna say um the trope didn't even start with Drax. Like, it goes all the way back to Iron Man with Happy. Oh, yeah, Happy Hogan, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I I just wanted to kind of echo your guys' point about his conversation with Yelena. Um, I felt that that was a very touching use of this kind of goofy character who didn't know how to connect with his daughters. Mm-hmm. Like he had this really awkward conversation with her, but managed to connect with her in some way that like was a point that they actually shared um so like that was a good cohesion of the family dynamic yeah and i'm just excited to have david harbour in the mcu to some extent i just hope in the future they might use him better i can agree with that um but just anything to have david harbour in this universe it makes me happy so um Alright, uh, then let's talk about Rachel Weiss as Melina, as the mom. I, I actually liked her, and she was, like, smart, and she was their key to getting in the Red Room, and I totally fell for the fact that she sold- that I thought she did sell them out to the Red Room, but it was really just to get them to get to the Red Room, and I thought that was a pretty great use of her character, um, there, to use the, her knowledge to get there, and- um, just the interesting part about her with the pig and which I'm going to say I, I, in the theater, uh, when JJ and I were there, I started laughing at first and then I was, then the pig fell over and I was like, okay, this isn't supposed to be funny that the pig stopped breathing, but it was just, I don't know. It was, I, I liked Melina as a character for what, you know, the fact that she was the smart woman who they were able to use her, uh, pretty effectively, I think. On the topic of tropes, I wasn't a fan of the double-double cross. 
I would have preferred that she just stayed as working for the Red Room mm -hmm. and, like, not then flip again. Mm -hmm. um, because, like, that single betrayal was enough of a twist for me. Um, but, I mean, Rachel Weisz is a great actress. Uh, she's been in a ton of really good films. Um, I almost feel like she was underused here uh, just because, like, she could take up so much more time. And, like, for going for that whole family dynamic, I feel like she would have been a better person to focus on than David Harbour's character as connecting with the daughters. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree. And you kind of see that, like, Scarlett Johansson really connects to her in the movie. Like, at that point, they have that conversation and really kind of, you know, Scarlett Johansson's like, oh, you helped me become who I am now. So, um, well. Yeah, like I said, I liked her. I felt she was more of a believable, like, parental mentor in that sense. And, like, I think they were, it was done right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, everything she was doing, I believed. Like, I was like, oh, I can see where Natasha and Yelena got, like, their traits from. Mm -hmm. Like, her. I could see all that. The skill, the intelligence, all that. And But I thought she was nice. Uh, the double twist honestly did catch me off guard. That was not something I was honestly expecting. Mm -hmm. I thought, but, like, afterwards, I was like, oh, neat. I wasn't upset wasn't like uber impressed but I, I was just like oh cool that i i was actually surprised but you know i i liked her i wish they would have used her more like jj was saying mm -hmm. but you do kind of see how like natasha kind of was a little bit more easier to connect with the mother while uh red guardian was having an easier time con connecting with yelena mm -hmm. it was just like you could kind of see how they both fit in and, like, which child kind of connected to which parent at that point. Yeah. So they kind of played it up well in that case. Yeah. Kim? Um, I think she did a very good job. But I agree with JJ. I feel like they should have gave her a little bit more screen time. I was also very... <laughs> I was very surprised with the whole twist that they did for... Um, her and Black Widow. I did not even expect that at all. So I really liked that part as well. Um, I think she did a very good job portraying her character. And I agree with Will that you get to see which kid, you know, had more of a connection with who. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was alright. And I mean, her and David Harbour are also still alive uh, at the end of the movie. So I mean, we can still see more of them at some point in the MCU just like Yelena. Um, but I don't I don't know how often they're going to be used, though, moving forward, so. Um, Alright, and then um, we have a very minor role that I thought would be in there more, um, based on that he got his own character poster as well, O.T. Fog Benley as Rick Mason. He didn't even, like, his, he wasn't even named in the movie, but, like, the fact that he's, you know, Natasha's connection um, to, like, getting, like, staying undercover um was interesting they just didn't do much with his character aside from three scenes that he was in in the entire movie so yeah i could have had more from him but i mean also with the character that's been established by uh as black widow throughout these movies you can also just take for granted that she has these connections somewhere in the world yeah 
Well. Yeah, I wasn't sure at first, like, what their connection with, like, how long they were going to run it with. But then, so, like, as little as he was showing up, I was like, okay. This might be one of those cases where mom was like, hey, keep in mind on this guy, he could be used again later for any other undercover connections. Or they just probably threw him up there because, like, I know we're kind of jumping ahead, but, like, in the... Before the credits, there's that scene where she gets the jet that they used. In Infinity War, yeah. Yeah, Infinity War. So I'm thinking they were just kind of using him as, hey, this is the underground man. This is how, like, you know, Natasha and Steve were able to get some of the research they had. So just keep that in your mind. So that could be their what they've been using him for. And they could just be like, hey, this is a guy. We could pull him up again at some other point in the movie. So just remember him. Yeah. For sure. Kim? Um, I didn't really think much of his character, but it was really cool listening to your guys' points of view on him. I just thought it was fun to see a friend of Black Widow's outside of the Avengers, because, as I said, the kind of made her seem out to be kind of a loner, so it was mm-hmm. cool seeing she knew other people other than the Avengers for me. Yeah. And, again, if, if he comes up again later in the MCU, I'd be fine with it. We just didn't get much here, as I thought, <laughs> with him getting a poster. So, um, alright, and then let's talk about a returning character. William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross comes back, and because this is after Civil War, in between Civil War and Infinity War, we know he's chasing down Natasha, um, and... William Hurt in this movie, just, like, and I know they kind of explained it, like, oh, he's had, you know, heart bypasses and, uh, you know, surgeries and whatnot, and, um, the fact that, you know, he becomes Red Hulk in the comics, so they were maybe trying to allude to that, but also, like, um, Infinity War, William Hurt didn't look as bad as he looked, and I think it's just William Hurt is freaking old, and he, the actor just, William Hurt just looks so, does not look good in this movie, um, and like but and i just expected him to be in it more um and just like the fact that they cut off that end scene and we're just we're left speculating like did natasha just run away at that point or did she let herself get captured for a time i don't know but i was expecting a little more from ross but i yeah i don't know jj your thoughts on ross i honestly would have been fine if he hadn't been in the movie at all yeah um this was a Black Widow story, and I didn't, I didn't need him here. Um, he makes sense for the plot because this is a continuation of what was happening after Civil War, mm-hmm. and that's when this movie was. Mm-hmm. But he didn't really add anything to the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it was nice just to, for like a time, like like he was a good way to kind of tie up an end, like or like or at least give you a starting point and a reference point of where exactly we're at in this situation. So like, I, I, I kind of, I didn't mind him being here. It was fitting because it makes sense. There's like civil war was just gone down and we yeah. know eventually like a lot of these guys get captured. So it makes sense to see Ross of all people, you know, leading the hunt for her. And so I, I thought it was neat to see him again. I didn't like, didn't take too much into it. You know, they didn't try to for they didn't try to make it all about him. Mm-hmm. Like try to make it seem like and now at one point did I feel like they were leading the sign that he was gonna be the big villain. Right. I think it was just a reminder of, hey, this is what's happening during this time period in Natasha's life right now. Right. Kim, your thoughts? Any thoughts on Thunderbolt Ross? Um 
I agree with Will. Like, they used him to show, like, what was going on. But then at the same time, I I was thinking about um, Marvel always does things for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was thinking, like, is he going to be in future movies? Like, is he going to be super important? Is that why they're putting him in here? And Noah was talking about how um, he could be Red Hulk. And then right. on, like, TikTok and stuff, I was talking about how it could lead into, um, I forgot what they're called. The Thunderbolts. Yeah, the Thunderbolts. It could lead to the Thunderbolts. So I kind of think that's what Marvel is doing because, as JJ said as well, like, we could have lived without him being in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know? So I Marvel does everything for a reason. So I'm just going to trust that they put it in there for a reason. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, my thoughts as well is that we'll talk about it at the post credit scene, but I feel like they're trying to put someone else in to replace William Hurt because I just don't think he's going to be able to do it for much longer um, actor-wise. So I just think that that post credit scene was teasing who really is going to be setting up these Thunderbolts. I do think they're coming, and we've seen it. Uh, we'll talk about it in the post credit scene, but obviously we've seen uh, in one of the shows before this, earlier this year, that uh, someone else was recruited for that team, and so there's slowly a team building up for that. Um, Alright, and then um, let's have our Taskmaster discussion. Uh, in the comics, he's called, it's Anthony Masters, um, and we've seen different versions of him. He was in the Insomniac Spider-Man game. He was in the really bad Avengers game earlier, uh, uh, think, well, it came out last year, but yeah, um, there was that, and then, you know, when they announced Taskmaster was going to be in this movie, I was pretty excited because I really liked the moveset, and... Uh, the abilities to copy uh, opponents' moves and abilities. Um, and so, it, and it was interesting, like, the twist of it. I, I've seen people try to compare it to, like, the Mandarin twist from Iron Man 3 or the, in the Fox universe, the Deadpool from X-Men Origins. I don't think it's, uh, on the level of the Deadpool X-Men Origins, I don't think it's that bad, Um but I can understand. I know Will's going to have many thoughts on this. Um, but, and, and the actress, uh, Olga Kurienko, I, I can't, I know her name, is, first name is Olga, but um, it was interesting. I just, I don't hate it. I think it thematically fit for a Black Widow movie, what they did. Um, but I can totally understand that that's probably not where all of our heads sit with Taskmaster, so. My only experience with Taskmaster is from the Spider-Man PS4 game. Right. And so when I saw that Taskmaster was going to be in my, this movie, that's the character I pictured. And that makes me a little bit biased towards not liking this iteration of Taskmaster. But um, Marvel has given us different versions of characters in the past. And so, fine, we're working with that. That being said, this felt like an underwhelming character to have the ability to copy other people's moves. Uh, didn't seem like much of a antagonist for the characters. Really felt like more of a sideshow that didn't need to be included so much. Yeah. Um, and really, Taskmaster got downgraded because of the way that she was used into this like mindless 
spy type character who's basically the same as Black Widow. And like, yeah, it's a Black Widow movie and we have all this hand-to-hand combat and that's what a lot of the characters are. But like, don't make this special character that actually has like a unique talent just be this lackluster. I wasn't a fan and like, I can't really say much on the acting because this isn't a character that the actress was able to do anything with because of what she was supposed to be. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, yeah, I just think she was, or Taskmaster should have been the main antagonist. I can, if they were going to use them at all. So I do agree with that. Uh, Will, I'll let you go on Taskmaster. So my whole experience, I was super hyped when I heard Taskmaster was going to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because Taskmaster on his own, um, I'm saying his because that's... Anthony Masters in the comics. The more, yeah, that's the more used version of it. Um could be his own standalone uh, villain. So when that was that was happening, I was like, oh, damn. Like, I'm hyped. This is going to be great. This is going to be some really cool hand-to-hand combat choreography that we could really see. Mm-hmm. So then we're, they're going through it, and then, like, this first scene you see it where they're, like, when Taskmaster's watching the screen, like, different fights and stuff like that. All right? Cool. They're, like, the program, I was just like, program? I'm like, okay, so Taskmaster's working with the Red Room. Okay. Is he, like, this guy be, like, a, an elite special agent? Because, of, like, cause in my mind, Taskmaster's still a dude. So I'm just, like, because the Black Widow, like, whole program, it's all females. So I was just, like, I'm, like, this guy's got to be, like, this has got to be something, like, unique. You know, he like he's, like, a hired mercenary, like, on the outside that was brought in for this purpose or, like, mm-hmm. you know, just something about it's different. And then they plug, like, this cord in the back of the helmet. And I was just like, I got mad, like right off the rip, because I was like, they better not make Taskmaster an android of some kind, because that's not what Taskmaster is. Taskmaster is a person with that unique ability to co- perfectly copy a fighting style. If they cheapen my experience by making them some stupid cyborg or android, I'm going to be very pissed. Mm-hmm. But then later on, they were talking, they were saying he, because like, they even dropped he at one point. They did that in the trailers, like, too. They said he in the trailers, they said right. he in the movie. So it was like, it was like he, yo, he's back and shit like that. And I was like, okay, so it's an actual person. So I was like, okay, thank God. Then we get to the end, like, towards the end of the scene, close to the reveal. And, like, they were building up, and I'm like, I was seeing the coming, I was like, oh, that's the daughter. Yeah. Oh. And... I was not upset that it was a female because I was like, this actually kind of fits more in this Black Widow movie because it fits the program and just the whole aesthetic of what he created. Right. It makes sense. But then Taskmaster just ended up being more of just some lackey. Right. Not intelligent. Mm -hmm. It was like she wasn't like in any shape or form. Taskmaster, not only did he have the... It wasn't just the fact that he could copy movesets, but he was a strategist of his own. Like, he knows how to combine fighting styles, like, of everybody he sees to make an ultimate fighting style. Like, he's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with her with it being a female because it fit perfectly with the Black Widow. I was actually intrigued. I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. But no, no real dialogue, no real interactions, no, like, testing the you know, of wits and stuff in it. I didn't feel anything. And then just to get kind of cheaply beat 
by getting thrown in a holding cell. I was just like, right. I'm so pissed off. Like I got robbed of Taskmaster. We got robbed of a eight, like an A list villain, because they wanted to make it a lackey for a sake of like, what some weird twist? I don't know what like the whole purpose was. And I thought this was gonna be great because like the first fight Taskmaster had with Natasha was like fucking incredible. Between you could picture, you could see the different fighting styles, and then even like during the car chase back in Budapest, like when pulls out the bow, I was like, all right, there's Hawkeye. Like I was like, cool. Yeah. And then the, the Panther claws. claws. I was like, all right. Like I still was like getting excited. I was hoping something was gonna spark up. And Captain America's shield. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like Captain America's shield being the main weapon, like. And seeing the fighting styles and the callback, I was like, and then even like when they first like were laying on the ground, you notice like how Taskmaster was like posing like Natasha, like, straight up watching. And then, and like when Natasha went for her classic move, like you know, pretty much like the scissor like, kick or whatever, yeah, flip, yeah. Taskmaster knew how to counter it, and I was like, this is awesome. This is what I want to see. But what it ended up being, I was just I felt robbed, and it just made me so mad because. They wasted an opportunity to make a unique character, a, new, a unique variant of this character. Like, they wasted an opportunity, and it's just like, that's the type of shit that pisses me off. You Like, people talk about, it's like, we want more, like, female characters, you know, in these strong positions, not just in the lead role, but also, like, some villains, like, and not sexualized and all this stuff. Right. You have a prime opportunity to take it for a great title, and then what do you do? You don't even get any personality. They trash it. Yeah, you don't even give it any personality. Like these are like comic fans. You don't have to convince us very hard that a female can be a badass. We have a whole history of comics to show this. Yeah. Yeah. Are there going to be people that are upset that Taskmaster's not doing? Of course, because Taskmaster genuinely was. Well, then you should do it good, not like. Yeah. Don't just like because because now all the, now it all it seems like they changed the gender for the sake of changing the gender. That's all it looks like at this point. Instead of doing it well and convincing us, hey, this fits in this world. This fits in Natasha's conflict. But I feel like they just wasted an opportunity. Yeah, well, you've you've made extremely good points. I honestly agree with you. I I still don't think it's as bad as Deadpool and X-Men Origins. It wasn't bad. Like I said, like, it yeah. wasn't like it was a bad twist. No. It was just yeah. I was like, it's like they opened the door. And I was like, okay, and now what? And they're like, and here's behind this door. I don't see anything. And then they close the door. They're like, there you go. And I'm like, well, what did we do with this? Yeah, I'm not saying you were. I was just reaffirming for people listening that are like, oh, yeah, this was not, you know, this was as bad as that because it wasn't. But I, I think you defended your points. You explained your points really, really well. And I think I'm agreeing with you completely. Kim, your thoughts on Taskmaster? Um, I didn't really care um, for her, to be honest. Like, she was there, like, what, three scenes? And she only had one speaking line, and it was, he, yeah, exactly. he's gone. I thought it was a good twist that it was the daughter. I'm sorry. My parent and my in-laws' dogs are here. I'm You're sorry. good. But, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I wasn't really impressed. Honestly, the main villain was much better, and I don't like him at all. Yeah, we'll get to Dreykov. Yeah, I... They could have did better, especially since, you know, as Will was saying, like, they switched it from a male character to a female character. Like, there's already going to be so many people, like, 
excuse my language, but pissed off that it's a man, I mean a woman instead of a man, and then you do it half-assed. So, yeah. Was, like, and Noah explained who, um, who it was to me. I didn't know at all until he explained it to me. And I was expecting so much more, like, and honestly, I didn't really see her imitating anybody's moves that well or anything like that. So, yeah, it, it was not that great for me. Yeah, they didn't use, use Taskmaster at all as well as they should have. Agreed completely. Um, could have been, could have been better, um, for sure. I, um... Yeah, and it, it, it's just disappointing. I would have liked Taskmaster as the main villain if they would have done it correctly more than the actual villain. But um. I've got one final point jumping off of one of Kim's comments is that she really didn't copy people's moves so much as their equipment. Yeah. Uh, That's true. That's true. And, like, anybody can copy equipment, and the Vibranium Shield gimmick has been done a few times at this point, so, like... Right, Falcon Winter Soldier as well it was done, so, I mean, yeah, the shield has been done many, like, four projects of the MCU so far, so, yeah, it has been overdone, for sure. Um, I, I don't know, like, I was told that this villain is supposed to be, like, mimicking all these, you know, the superheroes that they fight, and I was expecting some, like high-class moves that this villain can take off of Black Widow or even, like, Yelena or anybody else that they fought during this whole thing. And I didn't see, honestly, really a single thing. I thought it was going to be a great opportunity for, like, Black Widow to expand a fighting style. Because, like, we see Natasha with, like, a particular style. I thought this was going to be a great opportunity where it's, like, I don't know, this is just maybe me a little nerd now. I would love to see it where, like, at one point she's like, eh, I picked up something from Captain. I picked up yeah. something from Clint. I, I picked up my things with my time with the Avengers. Like, I know how to, like, switch up my style of it. And even being, like, a trained assassin, like, she could probably, like, if you gave her enough time during a fight, she could probably figure out a way to adjust her fighting style to where it's like, okay, I gotta do this instead. I normally don't do this, but now I have to. I gotta do this new, like, technique or some shit. Yeah. I would have loved that. That would have been cool. But then, like Kim was saying, like, what did Taskmaster really copy? Watched footage one time at one fight with Black Widow. Equipment, as JJ said. And, well, like, <laughs> the equipment was part of like Taskmaster's thing, like right. being able to well, mimic how to use the equipment. Because let's be honest, yeah, like in a way, using equipment's not a thing. But like, let's be honest, there was only a few people that could chuck that shield, like as well as Captain. Oh, that's true. Fit. Yeah, that is true. Uh, that yeah. We we do have the potential for redemption, though. Um, like we could get a more comic accurate version of Taskmaster yes. with her going off with the Black Widows, which that can't not come back in my mind. Like we've got all these Black Widows out there somewhere. That's yeah. going to be something they revisit. That feels like a very much like a scroll ending of Black Widow, like or of Captain Marvel, like. Oh, now we've got this new dynamic just out in the Marvel universe. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Secret Invasion. Um, yeah. I also I another point. I thought uh, JJ went with a different point than I thought, but it was still a good point. 
I also think we could get another variant of Taskmaster, as Will mentioned the word variant, because of Loki, because of this multiverse. We could get another multiversal version of Taskmaster. Lord hope, but, you know, it's... I. That's gonna bother me if they do that shit as just a way to fix things. Like, I get it, it easy, get-out-of-jail-free card. Mm-hmm. But it's almost then just like, why introduce this character as Taskmaster if we're just gonna quickly replace it with a different variant? Right, right. That's true. Yeah. Total side note, but Will, I'm digging the Pikachu in the background. He's <laughs> <laughs> all over. I, I love the fact that we're talking about a Marvel movie and he's wearing Superman. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see my shirt. Don't call it. Yeah. <laughs> man all right well let's i think that's the entire cast um aside from the villain which we'll get to in the villain rankings um all right let's uh so the post credits so technically this is a pre-credits but it just feel it felt like a post-credits scene to me um so this is then uh right before infinity war we've seen that natasha's officially dyed her hair blonde like in the movie and obviously elena has given her vest that she wears in infinity war which i did want to mention as well um natasha is leaving to go uh break the team captain america out of uh the raft and uh rick mason has given her the quinjet and so uh and then we see like the fireflies like we saw at the beginning so i mean it it was a, I guess it was a nice, like, lead-in. This is where, right, where Infinity War is going to pick up with, like, Black Widow and, like, Team Captain America, um, or Sam and, and Steve, but it, you know, it, it was just there. Um, it was all right, so. Um, on that scene, I did like the jacket connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times with these origin stories that come after the character has been introduced, they make these really obvious back, uh, backward connections that just feel forced. But this was like a, a really minor thing that no one really would have picked up on if they hadn't made this connection. Like, I didn't watch Infinity War and need an explanation for why Black Widow was wearing this particular vest. But now it's got some sentimentality, and that's just a nice little note. Yeah. Yeah, so many pockets. They're really, you can put so many stuff, so much stuff in them. Yeah, I, yeah, the vest really is a cool thing that they did, and now going back and rewatching Infinity War at some point, uh, which I at some point I'll probably do. Just that's that scene is gonna have a whole new, or her scenes in Infinity War are gonna have a whole new meaning. So, Kim uh, and Will, your thoughts on this scene? I get it. You know, it was pretty neat. It was a nice little way to for like the. Again, like, kind of like how I felt with the Ross thing, kind of like bring this circle close to me. All right, and this is how we got to this point. This is how she was able to get this jet, you know, like kind of ties it up. Like, all right, now Infinity Warren can make a little bit more sense to how they had access to this equipment. Yeah. Kim? Um, I don't really have much to say on that. All right, so we'll get to our more exciting post credit scene, which I will say I might have been the only person in the theater that JJ and I were in that, that like, kind of had, like, a nerd, nerd, uh, gasm at the, uh, post credit scene, because I don't know how many people in our theater had actually watched, uh, 
the shows based on nobody else had a reaction but me. Um, so, uh, Yelena goes to, uh, Nat's grave and, um, which is a nice little moment where post, we, this scene is obviously post Endgame and, you know, we see, you know, Sister Avenger and, um, and her grave is in Ohio, by the way, where they grew, where they spent those three years as kids, um, which is nice, nice little callback there. And, uh, Nat, or, uh, Yelena gives the whistle, obviously Nat's dead, so no response, which is pretty sad. And then that's interrupted by a loud nose blowing, and we see that Julie Louis Dreyfus, who appeared in Falcon and Winter Soldier as Valentina, or in the comics, Madame Hydra, um, I believe is what they were taking, uh, off of from there, and she is back, and she's like, uh, hey, she's basically being like, well, I've recruited you, um, and then she's like, I have your next assignment, and it's to, I thought you might want to kill the guy responsible for your sister's death, and she gives her, uh, Hawkeye as her next target, clearly setting up that Yelena is going to be in the Hawkeye TV show, um, and so very excited to see that Florence Pugh is going to be continuing, and the fact that, that, um, Valentina has recruited John Walker in Falcon Winter Soldier, Wyatt Russell's character, and now she's recruiting Elena, and who knows who else is going to get recruited to this new team that could be the Thunderbolts or the Dark Avengers. We don't know. So, your guys' thoughts on this post credit scene and what it sets up. Uh, I have a couple thoughts. My first is, this is a perfect example of Marvel putting comedic relief at the exact wrong time. Um, this was a really touching moment for Yelena and <laughs> nose blowing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why interrupt the dramatic tension that we have there? Um, mm-hmm. my other thought and like, th- I know that like, I've just been complaining about this a lot, but, uh, this post credit scene signals the tie in of the shows to the movies from the movie side of things. I know the shows have been deeply connected to the movies, but this is the first time it's like, oh, well, now in order to just watch the movies, I actually have to watch the shows to understand something. And for me, I don't like that as much just because that is a whole nother level of dedication that you need because um, Marvel's already so expansive and Mm -hmm. it's not something you get into casually. And now you have to go even more into it to understand everything. Now, this was one little thing. So if Disney does a few references here and there in the movies, that won't be the worst thing in the world because you can get by without it. But, like, I don't know. I just have really mixed feelings on the whole thing. I just want to say, like, I agree with JJ totally. Like, Baruki and I were talking about it the other day. He was trying to convince me to, like, watch. um, He wanted me to go back and watch, um, Loki, and then he was telling me... Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, you were telling me I need to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. But the problem is, I just wasn't interested in those characters, so I really don't want to watch it. But the problem problem with it is, though, is, like, if it was, like, a two-hour movie, I could totally sit down and watch that. But the fact that it's, like, ten episodes, like, an hour, maybe even over an hour each, like, it's harder for me do that so i hope that they don't like keep a bunch of things in the tv shows that we can't see in the movies or a bunch of us will be missing out just because like per se we don't really care for loki or falcon or soldier 
Yeah, I I get that. Um, I feel like they can explain certain things in a way that doesn't mean you have to watch them if you don't want to, but I think it's nice payoff for people who have watched the shows. I mean, yeah, they probably could have explained it better. Apparently, Julie Louis-Dreyfus was supposed to, like, be in Black Widow before Falcon and Winter Soldier, like, because this was supposed to come out before that show, and so this was supposed to be her first appearance anyways, so... I will say that. So maybe if this, you know, if this had come out first, maybe, you know, we'd all not know who she was just yet. Um, so I, I do feel like, I, I do feel like in the future, they'll do a much better job of kind of explain, like do using dialogue to explain things that have happened in shows that need explaining. So, Will, your thoughts on this scene? Um, I'm going to push back a little bit on JJ. I didn't see that nose blowing as a, comedic thing i felt it was more so it was just like hey here's a real trashy like character just somebody who just honestly doesn't care that's a fair take too like it felt very forced like a nose like it it wasn't like so it's just like oh she really don't give a shit about like this touchy moment she's like here for a business or like some shady shit so i was like that's how i took it personally like it wasn't funny it was just more so damn what a bitch yeah you gotta do it her but it was a very touching scene. I think it was a nice way of kind of also, in a way, making up for how in Endgame we really didn't get a Natasha funeral because we had the death of Iron Man happening. Right. And in all fairness, like Iron Man was like a much, it was a much bigger blow to like the universe and a lot of the fandom too because. Iron Man started it all, so right. it was like that hit a little bit harder for a lot of people. So I can understand why they focus more on Iron Man, but Natasha still kind of like was put in the background, even though they had that scene where Clint and uh, Wanda were kind of mourning her yes. at the time. I thought this was a nice way of kind of making up for it. It's like, hey, here's a little tribute to her, and with family, you know, not just Clint, you know, who was pra- is practically family with her, but. It was nice way of uh, kind of giving her some peace in that. Yeah. Uh, when they were talking about, you know, Clint being the target, honestly, I was kind of like intrigued mm-hmm. because I'm just got I'm just excited for this kind of interaction because you're gonna get a case of Clint's not gonna be aware of this connection. And, like, the moment he finds out, he's going to have, like, so many questions. And also just, like, I'm really curious to see how he's going to react. Yeah, we don't... She's going to be going, like, 100% after this, after Clint. So, it's good. I'm actually, like, really excited. And, like, I I got this hunch that, like, they're going to be fighting. And at some point, Clint's going to be like, this is really familiar. Like, you remind me of a lot of that. And it's just, it's something's gonna click in his mind, and it's gonna trigger like a lot of emotions for him, especially once he realizes the connection between the two. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe maybe JJ's point, because maybe the show's maybe it won't just be explained through dialogue. I don't know, because I'm I don't know, because like with what happened with Loki, I'm not sure how they're just gonna be ex- able to explain what happened at the end there with just some dialogue, I guess. Well, you also have some major characters like Falcon who was, like, developed in a way that can't be explained. And even 
a couple minutes of dialogue right. to really understand that. Because Falcon's gonna come back. Oh yeah. Like, Sam no is coming way back. Yeah. Leave him where he's at and not bring him back in a major way. Yeah, and this is just uh, this it. This is just signaling a, a new era for the Marvel movies. Yeah. I, I totally get it. And, like, again, I, I do agree with Kim that if you're not as interested in some of the characters, like, a certain character, you're not going to get into that particular movie as much. Like, with you and Will, like, you're not into the Guardians as much. And, like, for me, who's Star-Lord is one of my favorite characters or my favorite MCU character, then, you know, I love the Guardians movies. So it's, you know, it's just about who you like and who, you know, who you connect to, I guess, more that makes you like the character more like kim connecting to black widow so yeah and kim made a great point too i mean just imagine if thor the dark world was 10 hours oh god no no (laughs) that'd be awful my biggest problem is like because i watched all of wandavision Mm -hmm. WandaVision, but i tried watching loki and i tried watching falcon and the winter soldier i just couldn't do it i did not have the attention span for it and that, and that's so, fine. Like, if it was like a two-hour movie where I could sit through it and get most of the information, I'd be fine. But I can't sit through like ten hours of something I'm just like eh about. Yeah, that's even, fair. Like, even then, if they took like certain these shows, like, granted, six episodes is not very long compared to most other like shows that exist. But still, like, if you wanted to do like maybe one, two, three episodes. And, like, you kind of did that, like, they're a little hour time. That's still a lot doable. Like, that's pretty doable to, like, kind of fill in some gaps and put in some development. I do think this is going to be a trend that these shows are going to happen more, just for the mere fact that they do have the advantage of you can not only go deeper with characters because you can give them time. Right. But you can also, but with that time, you can also fix up some characters, too. Because let's be honest, after a WandaVision, a lot more people got a lot more uh, interested in the Captain Marvel world with, because of uh, that one. I'm Monica Rambo. Yeah, a lot more people are a lot in, more interested in the Captain Marvel like movies be, just because of that. And personally, like I know we're getting a little sidetracked, but like if they did like Captain Marvel a show to like get, filter up her character, get level, Carol Danvers better. <laughs> yeah, then that might be the one thing that could save the character at this point. Yeah. I, but, I hate Captain Marvel. I will never watch a Captain Marvel show. So you know wow. <laughs> hey, you know, some people got that opinion, though, and it's just like... I think it's literally just because Brie Larson was Captain Marvel. Like, I just don't like her as a person, but I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you make some really good points about what you can do in shows and not movies. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with you. Um, that, like, you give... You have so much more time to develop these characters um, with your TV shows. I just, it's its the amount of content with the pacing. Like, I could do a few shows here and there, but they've released three shows this year, plus Black Widow, plus we have, what, two more movies coming out this year? We have or three two? more movies and two more shows. Well, three <laughs> more shows, because what if? <laughs> there you go. And that's an insane amount of content to um, digest in one year. When up till now we've only had two movies at most. I think three at most, but yeah. And also, like, I don't know about you guys, but not only am I trying to watch, like, some of these shows with Noah, I'm also watching, like, four different shows of my own. Oh, yeah. You know, like, a movie comes out, you go to the movies for, like, two hours on a Friday, 
compared to what what TV show? It doesn't even have to be like an MCU show. Like what what show are you into that you're already you know watching after work? And it's like, are you really gonna want to make that time for a character that you're just in about? Right. Yeah. And, and then also like think about it, it's like you get it on Disney Plus. Some people are like, mm-hmm. I gotta buy this. <laughs> JJ. Yeah. Will. yeah. Like, you have, like, these shows that are on, like, these sites that some people just don't want to pay for. They don't they don't think it's worth it for whatever the reasons are. But, like, kind of leads up to things. Like, did they – are they going to make the right call, like, giving Black Widow the movie and then giving Clint the show? Yeah, that's a good point, too. Like, yeah. Is, I mean, think about it. If you really want to get technical as a right – I mean, maybe it is a good call because, on the one hand, one character's dead. The other one's still around and still going to have interaction. So maybe it is better that Clint gets the show. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'll probably watch Hawkeye because I think he's a pretty – I think he's pretty cool. I liked him from the beginning. And they're but setting up Kate Bishop yeah. in that show too. Well, but my problem with like – let's go back to like um, the clip with Yelena at um, Black Widow's grave, Natasha's grave. It's just – I was actually, I was, I told Noah this after we left. I'm like, I'm really disappointed because now she's going to go after Hawkeye. But what's going to happen? Oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. What's going to happen is she's going to be like fighting him. Like, oh, you killed my sister. How dare you kill my sister? And then all of a sudden he is going to like somehow tell her what actually happened. And then she'll be like, oh, okay. I'm so sorry. It's fine. Like, that's literally all it's going to be. No one's going to die. Nothing super bad's going to happen. They're going to fight for maybe, like, 10 to 15 minutes, not even, and then they're going to solve it, and it's going to be fine. And then with, but, it being, yeah, with it being a TV show, then it's going to be a partner in crime kind of deal later on. Or, exactly. or, or, so or. it was very predictable for me. So I'm just kind of like... Until they don't do that. Or, or maybe they will. They probably will. They probably will, to be honest. Um, I will agree that Marvel's MCU has gotten into a, quite a bit of a formula, I won't lie. But I think... In terms of certain shows, they're definitely trying to break it. I mean, WandaVision and Loki definitely broke it to some extent. Yeah. Will, going back to your question on is it the right call to give Black Widow the movie and uh, Hawkeye the show, I think that's a kind of interesting double-edged thing because on the one hand, the show gives you more time to develop your character, but and this is based on no actual statistics. This is merely my... um, educated guests i would think that the movies probably get more viewership than the shows do oh yes. yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure they do as well because it's like one of those like one time thing you know where yeah. a show it's like it's gonna be here for a bit i can eventually get to it at some point yeah um, i mean movie yeah you can get to it at any point but usually when a movie comes out you're like it's a key piece especially with marvel i gotta see this just so i'm yeah. on the stream Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, too, going back to the whole, like, having a TV show about a character brings, like, more in-depth on the character. Is it a good time now to do that for Hawkeye when we know that he's going to be leaving in the next few years? Like, one of the comments Noah made after the whole movie and bringing up Hawkeye is, like, he's getting old. He's not going to do this for much longer. Yeah. It was a great time to have a whole show about him, have people fall in love with him just to pretty much get him off in the next few movies. I will he's already s- tried to leave once. Yeah, Jeremy Renner's tried to leave. <laughs> But, exactly. So, like, is this a great time to put him on a TV 
show make people fall in love with him, and then he's gonna leave. So I think they're trying, like I said, they're setting up Kate Bishop, Haley Steinfeld is joining the MCU, and I think they're having Clint train her, and then Jeremy Renner is gonna get to leave. I think that's what they're doing. Yeah, it seems like that they're, the whole thing, that this big theme is, like, they're passing on the next... I get that, but... Torch, still, because, like... It's time to have people fall in love with Hawkeye when they should have did this movies ago. Yeah, it's but Fair it's, enough. Like, again, it's like it's one of those things where Marvel's like prioritizing like your bigger characters because if we're being honest, out of all the Mar- like Avengers, Hawkeye and Black Widow were lower on the totem pole when you're comparing. Well, definitely them. because they were just humans; they weren't superhumans. They're it wasn't even just that; it's just like some of these other characters like were just more beloved and more time because like Iron Man started off. You had the like you were all saying, Captain America is iconic. You have Thor. Yeah, like, you have these, like, powerhouses. And Hulk. Things. But it's because they're literally just humans. Like, well, you're like, right. Yeah, too. Yeah. So, like, nobody's going to love them as much. Like, I explained to Baruki the whole point of the reason I love Black Widow is because she was one of the, like, the big main reason was because she was one of the only mainstream women superheroes. She was the first movie. one to... Exactly, for MCU, yeah. And for MCU, so she, yeah. Yeah, she taught me how to be a badass woman, but she was, like, the only one. So that's why so many people love her, but, like, Hawkeye is just a regular guy. Like, Noah doesn't like Hawkeye because he's a regular guy with bow and arrow. Like, so... Yeah, yeah. That's why he wasn't as beloved. He wasn't, like, a superhuman or anything like that. And so I don't... Like, I understand why they want to give him a show because, you know, they gave Black Widow a movie because... You know, because she was down, you know, they undergraded her or whatever. Like, they didn't give them anything like they did the other characters. But it's it's not a great time. You've already ended it. He's not he's not really going to come back after his show really that much. So it's just, you know, it's, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think it was great to have him have a show. I wouldn't even agree with Black Widow having a show. And I'm a huge Black Widow fan. All right. Um, I was going to make one more comment, if that's okay. I know yeah, that's fine. I know we got to move. Really long-winded. Yeah. Um, Will, to your point about the prioritizing other characters, you're absolutely right. But they could have prioritized Black Widow and Hawkeye over other characters like Ant-Man. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Just a thought. Also, Jake, to uh, your thing about um, Jeremy Renner trying to leave, I didn't even know that. I was talking about Hawkeye trying to retire in the event. Oh, movies. yeah. But, well, like that—that's kind of funny because both the character and the actor have tried to leave at this point. Yeah, I believe he tried to leave after the first Avengers because they didn't give him much in that, and that's why in Age of Ultron they tried to give Clint a little bit more as a character and Jeremy Renner more to do. And but I'm yeah, he's just ready to leave at this point. Um. All right. Well, let's move on. Um. Easter eggs next. Um, if you guys have any after I'm done, um, definitely bring them up. Uh, definitely Captain America references. Red Guardian. So I was thought I thought his tattoo on his back was Thanos, but then I'm like, that doesn't make sense. It's a Captain America tattoo on his back. I'm pretty sure now rewatching it, because um, I don't know why they w- he would get a Thanos tattoo and that hasn't even you know this is set before Thanos even comes. So. Um, and then the Red Guardian comic statue that he gets with the earpiece in, like, that that was really, really cool. Um, uh, the Crimson Dyn- Dynamo that JJ mentioned. Ursa Major, the big guy that gets his wrist snapped, um, he, that is part of the Winter Guard as well, um, and he's called a big bear. 
And also, the actor for that dude um, tried to confirm that he was the first MCU mutant, um, which is probably not even accurate, because Wanda and Pietro are technically, I mean, they're kind of saying that they're mutants again, like in the comics, because of what happened with WandaVision. So... I honestly think it might be the first confirmed mutant because Wanda and Pietro, it's... They, because of rights they, issues, they couldn't... No, it's, it's not even just that, but the way that they built it up, not the same mutation, but anyways, yeah. yeah keep well, I would say Wanda's still the first mutant, though, because she... It was revealed that she had... In WandaVision, she had powers before um, she got exposed to the Mind Stone. Yeah, I'll give you that. So, alright, well, let's... Uh, and then the vest thing, um, the Avengers theme plays in that pre-credits, that final pre-credits scene with the jet taking off. Um, so that was a nice touch. Um, yeah, Jeremy Renner on the comms when it shows the flashback of Nat um, blowing up Drake, trying to blow up Drakov uh, and his daughter. Um, uh, call back to Loki and Avengers with Drakov's daughter. Um, the the girl who played young Natasha with the blue hair in the beginning, she's actually Mila Jovovich's daughter, who was, like, the Resident Evil lady. Um, and so her daughter was playing young Natasha. Um, do you guys have any other Easter eggs? Uh, actually, I'm going to go back to your tattoo thing, because I just looked it up. Um, there was an explanation online of all of his tattoos, and I'm not going to get into those, but the one he was getting on his back is of himself. <laughs> That's Wait, actually. Ricky, was that the one you were talking about? The one that he was getting? I thought yeah, while, while he was arm wrestling, he was getting a tattoo of the Red Guardian on his yeah. back. Yeah. Okay. Made oh. his narcissistic personality. Yeah. Hate him more now. Yeah, I thought it was well because at first I thought it showed like the Infinity Gauntlet for Thanos, but again, like that is before this set before that that so. Then I was like, okay, well, it would make sense for Captain America because he wants, like, he's rivalry with Captain America, but obviously, you know, it makes more sense with what JJ just said, that it's a tattoo of himself, so. All right, uh, anything else? Are we ready to move on to our rankings? Um, her hair. Yeah, the blonde hair, yeah. I caught on to that one, but I saw, like, a really funny thing that I wanted to share with you guys about that on, mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook. So, it's like a hair thing, so you mostly know this if you're a girl but the joke is because you know at the end like she has that blonde hair and it's like cut to her chin yeah and then obviously it grows out for endgame like i was like totally psyched when i saw the hair dye i'm like oh what a cool easter egg like that's how she got the blonde right right and at the end that's what i said too i'm like oh cool she cut it off she has the blonde that's why it's blonde at the end in endgame or infinity war <laughs> well, and then uh, let me explain something real quick on a woman's point of view you know how bright red her hair is yeah when she's going to dye it well she chose box dye and she would turn out like an orange color so the joke is on the internet now between women you know that do hair and stuff like know about hair is that she fried all her hair and that's why she had to cut it and she had to have it redone because with box dye and her hair being so red it would have came out like a blood orange or like a really nasty orange color. So that's why I ended up getting all cut off and because she would have fried the ends of it. And yeah, so I thought that was something really funny to think about because that's probably what happened. Yeah. Because when you use box dye in your hair, it just, it kills your hair. 
So she probably turned into an ugly orange color, cut it all off to save her hair. Well, I mean, it, and it and it was purely for being undercover as well on the run. So well, yeah, it was, it was supposed to be undercover for on the run, but it was just something funny that I neat. Yeah, that that is a neat. Um, all right, I think we're ready to hit the rankings. So I'll go over everything. I'm probably not gonna do like. I'll kind of just go through them. I'm probably not going to do, oh, this is like a two point something. I'll probably just be like, okay, we'll run down from one all the way to the end of it. Um, and then I'll just say where the villain in the movie ended up in the respective rankings. So villains so far, number one is Thanos and in infinity war. Um, then from there, Hela's number two, uh, from Ragnarok, then Killmonger from black Panther, Thanos and Endgame, uh, cause we did both versions Vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming is number five. Then Mysterio from Far From Home is at six. Ultron is seven. Uh, John Walker from Falcon and Winter Soldier is eight, followed by Ego and Guardians 2. Then Alexander Pierce in Captain America Winter Soldier. Then Red Skull in the first Avenger. Uh, number 12 is Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp. 13 is Loki from Thor and Avengers. Uh, 14 is Agatha Harkness. It was her all along from WandaVision. Uh, number 15, Ironmonger Obadiah Stane from Iron Man. Uh, 16, Kaecilius and Dormammu from Doctor Strange. 17, Ronin the Accuser from Guardians 1. Uh, Zemo is at 18 from Civil War and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, Carly Morgenthau from Falcon and Winter Soldier is... Oh, wait. Uh, before Carly Morgenthau, Ravana Renslayer has been added from Loki. She is at number 19. Then Carly Morgenthau from Falcon and Winter Soldier at 20. Yellow Jacket from Ant-Man, uh, then Aldrich Killian, Iron Man 3, Abomination uh, from Incredible Hulk at 23, Whiplash from Iron Man 2 at 24, Yon-Rog from Captain Marvel 25, 26, Tyler Hayward from WandaVision, 27, Sonny Birch from Ant-Man and the Wasp, 28, Malekith, the Dark Elf from Thor the Dark World, and Justin Hammer and Dead Last from Iron Man 2. So that's a lot, I know. Um... All right, let's talk about Dracoff. We're going to rank Dracoff, um, played by Ray Winstone. So, my thing on Dracoff is, like, he was kind of just generic, and, like, we'd heard Dracoff's name from Avengers, from Loki, um, and it's just, like, he was just that abusive white dude who wanted to traffic women, and just, like, he was just a, you know... it. I don't know, he was pretty generic, and, you know, he kind of just got blown up in the helicopter, and it's kind of like, okay, I don't know, I feel like he fits pretty perfectly with, like, Tyler Hayward from WandaVision, they're both dicks, and they're both doing, uh, despicable things like shooting children or trafficking women, so I feel like, I'm gonna give Dracoff a 2.8, because Hayward's, like, at a 2.83, so I feel like Dracoff being right there is pretty good, so 2.8 out of 6. Uh, I just had this thought, but Dracoff, for some reason, reminds me a lot of Stryker in Origins Wolverine. Mm -hmm. I can um, see that. And uh, also, he's kind of like a knockoff Alexander Pierce. Yeah, I actually, um, Robert Redford, yeah. Yeah, and I, I know that you made that comment, Jake. I'm actually stealing it from you. Um, <laughs> he, he just, he runs this organization, but he doesn't feel like a super relatable or even interesting no. antagonist so like eh, more like the entire organization 
that he had running was interesting to me, not this character in particular. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to give him a three. Like, 50% seems accurate. He wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like him at all. <laughs> what did you give him, Kim? Wow! Not even Justin Hammer got a zero. <laughs> it's literally because, as you said, he's just a white dude using women. Like, how normal is that? Wow. Kim's also not ranked with us before, so we've he, not had anyone give zeros. Well, that's, well, that's true. And did, did, I don't know if we should... I mean, if, I don't know if I'm going to allow a zero, but do you just want to give him a one, then? Yes, I, <laughs> I will. It's going to be divided by zero. It's, you can't divide it. <laughs> we said one to six, so I mean. <laughs> I will give him a, you know what, I'll be better. I'll give him a two. Okay. That's, all right, that's fine. I mean, you could have given him a one, and I don't think any of us would have argued that. So, all right, well, what did you give Drake off? God, after all that, man. Mm. Honestly, kind of gave him a. I'm gonna give him a four. I'm gonna kill Ooh. him. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm not saying he's the most interesting thing to ever walk this goddamn earth, <laughs> but being a villain, you gotta do like some diabolical shit. And like this is what I it was. I get where Kim's coming from on it, but like to Actually, me, I, that, t- I I get where you're coming from because how but like that's what i'm saying but like we took like they take this like real like issue of trafficking women and they put it to an extreme of like it's not just like sex trafficking it's like turning them into weapons and like ruining their lives like from right. very young ages <laughs> so it's like yeah. this is like a system that he developed and like that scene where he shows like with this ring and the map this is something that he's done for a while and it's worked and it's like you see, in the, and like remember the opening, like all the like the like the montages, like the training that they were like brainwashing them into, and like just molding them, kind of like at this point, my mind was working. I was like, how many influences in this Marvel universe has been affected, or like if they really want to dive into how many world of history events have been affected by Black Widow agents, you know, and stuff like that. I thought he was interesting in the sense of definitely created a system and like this organization that was really well, really spread out. Mm-hmm. Very menacing. I liked it that it was not somebody who was like some tragic, like, you know, villain. This guy was just a nasty dude. 
he was just wanted like, power, and he felt the best way was to do it to start in the shadows and then come into the light eventually, like he said he was starting to do. Took a real problem of human trafficking. They made it bigger. They showed like how scary it could be if like this shit like were to spread. You actually made me open my eyes to that though, with the whole diabolical thing. Like I never thought about that because he is taking something away from them as well. Like I, I made the joke like he's taking their uteruses, but then I talk, thought about it like. What is the one thing that makes a woman a woman, like, feel womanly, you know? like? And not only that, it's like, you take away any of their future, because everyone, like you just says, when you have a child, like, your world yeah, changes. And I'm not even saying that every woman wants to have a child. Right. Like, not everyone wants to have a child, but what is the oh, yeah. one thing that a woman has that a man doesn't, and he takes that away from them? That is diabolical. I never thought about what i never thought about it that way and it's just okay. like the whole i'm not saying he was like really cool like like you know top villain or not, but i give him a four because it was just like i was interested in it and the where he kind of honestly earned my respect was his contingency plan that he had with his black widows with the whole his pheromones or like whatever like the smell right right of, you can't harm me like he's thought about this like so i was just like all right he's got some intelligence and wherewithal like he knows the situation that he's training weapons and he's like, if something were to go wrong, I need to have like a way to protect myself because they could easily kill me. And so I really liked that. And it was a creative thing too of like, your smell can't do it. Like, like you, you are in my presence, you smell me or whatever they were saying, you can't physically harm me. And it was working. Like, Black Widow had to break her fucking nose practically. Yeah. Just for her to like, resist and i really like that and yeah was his ending cut off yeah it was super fucking lame cheesy i think i personally think that this was like another case of marvel killing off another unique character that they could have used in future notice again not no super great i don't i think we we don't need all like the super big bad sometimes you need evil organizations because you can challenge heroes in a different way I wish they didn't kill him off. Yeah, they did. They did it in a lame way. I wasn't expecting him to go, like, hand-to-hand with, you know, Natasha. That's why I was hoping Taskmaster would be there for. But I think he did a pretty good job at, like, in, like, establishing a presence because it was clear. Natasha, though she may not have, like, physically been afraid of him, her life was run by fear because of him. He implemented so much fear in her. She had to overcome that just to face him and get revenge for all he did. So I mean, I gotta give the I gotta give him props for. No, I'm giving him four for that. And, and not only that, like he took away the one thing that she never knew she wanted. Yeah, exactly. Like she, he truly had like puppet strings around him, and for the longest time, it haunted her. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna boost my ranking up to a three, because um, you made some really good points, Will. So I've. Yeah. You're the same, actually. Oh, all right. <laughs> I'm also going to change mine before you uh, all right. average, Jake. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give him a 3.7, and mine slowly creeped up uh, as Will kept talking. Yeah. I went up a half point just on the thought that, like, wow, this truly is a more realistic villain. Like, this kind of shit does happen in real life. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the comment about, like, the pheromones thing and how, like, how much planning he actually did. He really wasn't that interesting of a character. 
but like he was a good villain. So I I can't give him more. Like he's just over sixty percent for me. I can't give him more than that. He's a villain perfect for Black Widow. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I think he did perfect. fit the movie. Like yeah, like you. He would not like the way he was obviously because just the times with the organization. Obviously, you wouldn't expect the same kind of like he would very he wouldn't really do well against like if Clint. Let's just say that for example. Like I'm not even gonna jump like super high. Like putting Clint in that situation, that's a whole nother one. Yeah, you got like the Black Widow. It's like, but Clint would be like, oh, I don't really got a lot of attachments. I sucks, but if I gotta kill some, I gotta kill some. Yeah. And you got no real defense against me. But, like, with Black Widow, it's a perfect, like, counter. Not even just physically, but, like, it's it wasn't even, like, a physical thing. It was more of an emotional, mental, yeah. like, antagonist that he was. I can agree with you 100%. I think, yeah, it, it really, that that's part of this movie that does work is they made things thematically fit Black Widow as a character. And cool. that'll affect the movie ranking for me, for sure. Um in a good way, and so, yeah, um, so 3, 3.7, 4, and a 3, that gives Dracoff a 3.43, um, he is below Abomination, who is at a 3.5, but above Whiplash, who is at a 2 point, or a 3.23, so, he's in between Whiplash and Abomination, so, I, I would have put him maybe, I would, like I said, I would put him, like, between, like, Jan Rog and Tyler Hayward, because I feel it, but, I mean, also, then Will made those points, and then I'm like, okay, he's probably better than both of those. So, I, I'm fine with him at this spot. So, One related comment, um, not dealing with the villain himself, but, Will, you were talking about these uh, villain organizations, and I agree with you that they're a great mechanic in theory, but I think they're very misused in the movies. Like, Natasha shouldn't have been able to take on that many Black Widows at once. I get that she is a badass and she's an Avenger and she has more experience and training than any of them. But to take all of them on for that long at once yeah. seems a little unrealistic to me. And that always happens with these evil villain organizations. These super highly trained soldiers just get wiped out by one hero. And it's like, what's the point? Like you well, could have just had general... Uh, general fodder like these could have been untrained soldiers for all i care if you yeah. think about it, though my only pushback is like eventually her odds did get overwhelmed and she was getting her butt beat like she was getting like it wasn't until like her sister came in and threw the cure down because remember she didn't like knock them out it yeah. was the cure that made them stop so it was just, like eventually the numbers did take over but i get what you're saying they but they have to like for the sake of movie and like respect put some flair because it's like this is like one of the big and final scenes. You're not just gonna have Black Widows like just get jumped and then just like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this just feels like the time when you call in your Avenger buddy. Yeah. Like, well, like if you think about it, though, too, like this is also the same Natasha though that like was surrounded like with Clint. Yeah, but like she was surrounded by like a horde of a aliens invading the Earth. Right. I'm sure we could kind of make some parallel. Like, okay, she definitely but, can survive a good okay. jumping. <laughs> superhuman like one of the things that disappointed me about the movie like going off of that was the fact like they made her out to be like this big thing like jj was saying like he wouldn't she wouldn't have been able to take on 
all these black widows. And, like, another part that got me, you know, like, at the, you know, after the, um, the thing blew up and she's, like, falling in the sky and she, like, saves, uh, Yelena. But after that, she's, um, she lets go or whatever and she's, like, falling on all these pieces down to the ground. Like, what human can actually do that in real life? Like, yeah. It was cool. It was cool. Okay, I it was cool, but I agree. No. Yeah, that was like one moment that did take me out of the movie. But that to me felt very much like a, okay, this is a Mission Impossible type movie now. Yeah. It's still a comic book movie, guys. Like, yeah, it's a superhero movie. movie. Yeah. Like, they will but do yeah, this. Kim, you're absolutely right. It turned me off. I was just, I even said that to Noah. I'm like, she is, I'm like, I love her, but she is a human. She yeah. could not do this. <laughs> yeah. It's because they took the uterus out. I think that's just the limit. <laughs> that just, that's what nobody's talking about. You want to be able to do that kind of shit, just remove whatever genitals you have, and there you go, folks. All right. My, my, my town will. It's for the uterus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes, she did put that in a town of Salem will, everybody. Um... <laughs> All right, well, so I think let's move on to our ranking of Black Widow as a film in the MCU, our MCU project. This is how the MCU stands currently. I'm just going to run through them again like I did for the villains. Um, Number one, Avengers Endgame, followed by Black Panther at number two, Avengers Infinity War at four, or three, sorry, that's at three. Number four is Loki. Loki is at number four. Um, Josh, Gabe, and I did that one. Uh, number five is Captain America Winter Soldier. Number six, Spider-Man Far From Home, followed by Avengers at seven, WandaVision at eight, Thor Ragnarok at nine, Captain America Civil War at ten. That's the top ten. Number 11, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, number 12, Captain America the First Avenger. So a bunch of Captain Americas right in a row. Uh, number 13, Avengers Age of Ultron. Number 14, Iron Man. 15, Doctor Strange, 16, Spider-Man Homecoming, 17, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, and 17, Ant-Man and the Wasp, 18, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, uh, 20, Iron Man 3, 21, Ant-Man, 22, Thor, 23, Captain Marvel, 24, Incredible Hulk, 25, Iron Man 2, oh, maybe I miscount, I think... I might have miscounted, but, uh, oh wait, no, that's 26, sorry. 25 Iron Man 2, 26 Thor of the Dark World. This is number 27, my bad. Uh, we haven't ranked it yet. Okay, so that's the 26 as they stand right now. Thor of the Dark World is probably still gonna stay in last place. I don't imagine that Black Widow's gonna fall that bad. Um. You know what? Josh has said so many swear words on this podcast before, you're not... Yeah, you have two, but... Yeah, it's fine. Um, all right, so... Um, She's our Captain America language. <laughs> so, Black Widow is a film I still enjoyed. Like I said, fits really thematically as a Black Widow movie. Will did some, like, convinced me more that Dracov did really fit a Black Widow movie. Um, and just, like, the fact that this movie started out so dark. Uh, even my parents commented that last night when I rewatched it and they had not seen it before. Um, 
and just like that they had this human trafficking element and that was uh something that we haven't seen with the mcu before and it just um i don't know i thought it really worked it was a good I know, yeah, again, Black Widow maybe came a little late um, into the MCU at this point, um, and they didn't use Taskmaster, as we've talked about, to the best that they could have, of course. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 4.5. I think it's a mid-range MCU project, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Uh, and I think a 4.5 is pretty fitting. I'm sure Kim's going to have it the highest out of any of us, but 4.5, I think... Four point five, I think, suits Black Widow pretty well. Um, it's it's a good movie. Um, yeah, that's where I have it. Four point five. I am having an allergy-induced sneezing fit, so I will pass for the moment. Come back to me. No worries. <laughs> um, you're right. I, I rated it decently high. Where'd you put it, Kim? <laughs> I give it a five. That's not as high as I thought you were gonna go. I think. That- Like when she was getting blown up and Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then like, so No, like if if they like swapped it over with y'all uh, you can't names. <laughs> yeah, help me with the name, her sister. I'm Yelena. Yelena. I don't know why I was gonna go like Yelona or some shit. <laughs> Yelena. I don't I'm bad with names. Anyways. So Yelena if they would have put her in that situation, I would have been, been like, no, 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 no. Don't don't kill her. Please don't. Yeah, I would have been more invested with that. But, like, with anytime like, Natasha was in danger, I was like, oh, she's going to get out of this. Yeah. And you know where she dies, but obviously. But you know, Elena, it was 
was kind of like predictable for me. Like as I told you before, like Marvel's becoming predictable to me. So I was like, there's right. no way they're just gonna kill Yelena off. They obviously right. Like, they're setting her up. So, yeah. Oh yeah. So my biggest problem with Marvel right now, or the MCU, is that they're just being really predictable. Like I was mm. never worried for Yelena at all. Yeah. Well, well, you can finish your where you're ranking it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm giving it a four. It was still entertaining, but just the whole time it really threw it off. And, like, at the end, I was just like, when I, I literally looked at my buddies when I done it, and I said, I am very frustrated. Just for the mere fact of, I really wish they would have done this sooner, and I could have been so committed. If this would have came out after Infinity War, even after Infinity War, mm-hmm. and they did the shoehorn in, because that's what they did with Captain Marvel. They gave us an origin story in between. Yeah. If they would have given us this before Endgame, before Endgame, it would have been so much better. Mm-hmm. Because I still, I still would have had the effect of, oh, okay, I know she's not gonna die here, but it's a nice villain, and then, but at least then it opens up the cards of, oh man, we got Endgame coming up. Did they survive the snap? Are they around still? Are we gonna see them coming up? Is she gonna call them? Like what? Like. Like, I would have had more questions, I would have been more excited, and then her death in Endgame, I would just been like, and then, especially, like, when, like, Red Skull was talking, like, just about, like, I don't know who my real father was, like, after the conversation, like, with, find out her mother, like, she was taken from her family, or, like, her taken from her mother and stuff. Right. I would have been, like, just, like, I would have been a wreck, like, during all that conversation, I'm like, and then especially at the end, when they were like, did she have any family, and they were like, not that we know of. And I just would have been like, yes, yeah, she does. Go find them. <laughs> Please. Yeah. But it, it, it definitely was a big hinder on, like, just my experience on it. But it was still, like, overall, like, still a pretty solid movie. So I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, and a four I, is solid. I, so I agree with you. But at the same time, I feel like they did it this way just so people could have closure with Black Widow. And, and that's why I see it. It's just, but I just from my experience, I couldn't get the closure just because. Yeah, just, that makes sense. I, yeah. Yeah. JJ, you can go with your ranking. Yeah, so I'm now using a system where I'm giving it a percentage ranking, ranking okay. and then converting that to the six-point scale, which I have no idea which, why I didn't use this before, because now I have a system, and that just works for me. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I'm going to give this a 4.5. Um, Same as me. <laughs> this is a film that was truly an action movie. Mm-hmm. more than a superhero movie um and for that it was a really solid action film mm-hmm. i made the comparison to mission impossible before and to me it really felt like a movie that went along that line like it wasn't really a spy movie but it was like borderline spy movie it wasn't quite james bond but it was like somewhere between there and some of our other types of action movies yeah, and I was like, sitting there thinking, like, when's uh, when am I gonna fucking uh, see Tom Cruise do a cameo? <laughs> when they were falling, you just see Tom Cruise just falling and be like, "Hey, <laughs> okay." But like the helicopter scene, though, them hanging on the ropes, like, oh, come on, hundred percent, <laughs> But like, this is the perfect setting for Black Widow, um, and I like the characters. I know, Will, you made some really good points about Red Guardian, but still, I like them, and I might be biased just because of my love for David Harbour. Same. <laughs> uh, I, I also like the dark tone, something we don't get in these Marvel movies, especially post-Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so to bring it back to that and still include some of the humor so they can still like fill their 
quippy quota, whatever it is that they use for that. Like, it, it still felt good, and it felt like more of an adult movie than some of the other Marvel movies have been. Alright, um, so we actually have a tie that we need to break, and it's going to be interesting, because I'm wondering how much discourse we're going to have on it. It got a 4.5, it is tied with Guardians 2 right now, so... Oh my god, don't make me do this. So, we need to break... I, I think that Black Widow is better than Guardians 2. I have Guardians 2 higher, and that it's just, it's, maybe it's just because I love the We're character, biased. but. You're biased. Yeah. I, I totally, I totally get it. Um, well, you're the one. How is this a debate? It's, it's I, okay, <laughs> but, but we're talking about the fact that I love Okay, well, I mean, I can't really do anything at that point. We broke his heart, guys. We broke his heart. No, it's fine. I, I... Can I just make one mention here? One really great mention? What? Smells like Teen Spirit. Oh, yeah. That oh, was I made that comment to Jake after we left the theater. I was like, what a cool version of that song. I gotta play, like, a snippet of it for the podcast. Come on. Can we get copyrighted? I, I don't want to get copyrighted. <laughs> I don't think so, unless Marvel wants to copyright us, because her singles are not that great, to be honest with you, so. <laughs> I, 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 and I, I heard it last night, so I, when I rewatched it, and I, I, I told JJ I didn't remember hearing it the first time, and then I just rewatched it last night, and I, it was I great. It's fantastic. It was very yeah. intense, like. The, the song itself, like, mm-hmm. like normally, is like kind of got that edge to it. Grunge. What do you do? It's great. Yeah. But like that version, I was like, "Ooh, this is really dark." Like it helps set the tone of the movie right off the rip, and I was like, "Yeah." Oh. That I've made a comment about it. In Especially with the visuals that they were pairing it with too, I was just like, I kind of like sat there. I, I didn't even lie. At one point, I was like, "Hmm." Well, so, and it, I was in high school, I got pulled into Nirvana, and that was actually one of my favorite songs, obviously, as a Nirvana fan. So, hearing it again brought the high school girl out of me, and I was like, oh, oh my gosh. And the the pers- like the cover that they chose was perfect for the movie. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. See, yeah. Making these- I'm sorry, JJ, go ahead. No, Oh, okay. I was going to say, making these connections to other movies like I have did... That also very much feels like Billy Eilish's No Time to Die and yeah, James really Bond. Like, yeah. Which is cool, because like, both of those fit. Anyway, well. I was just going to say, it was just going to be another shout out of Captain Marvel. I was like, now this is how you do girl power without fucking like... Like being a feminazi. Yeah, without like fucking overdoing it. Like, mm-hmm. And I believe, if, I, if, if I'm not mistaken, this was also another Marvel movie that was directed by a woman. Wasn't it? Yes. Um, reduction team was mostly women. I, I remember hearing. So, so Kate Kate Shortland did Black Widow, and Captain Marvel was actually a man and a woman direct. It was Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck doing Captain Marvel. The the thing with, I remember because I remember hearing about this with this one. It was funnier than hell. Somebody like, it was again TikTok. Bless that app now all of a sudden. But somebody was talking about they're like this movie was directed by a woman and there was like over 40 ass shots. Now we know what women really want. <laughs> like, wow. Oh, I was like, damn. Rude. 
okay, so I should we should probably keep this I'm moving. Like, I'm like, it's also Scarlett Johansson. I mean, it's still not it's still not as bad as Joss Whedon doing a bunch of his like uh, guys falling into girls' boobs shots that he does well, every I single mean, movie. Also, something that I saw on social media, I can't remember where, probably Facebook, but um, they talked about like the sexualization of Black Widow throughout the years. Yeah, or Iron Man 2, yeah. I mean... Exactly. I mean, and I know John Favreau did Iron Man 2, but Joss Whedon in Avengers and Age of Ultron, like, he purposely was trying to sexualize Black Widow and because Joss Whedon's not a very good person. (laughs) That's just a normal thing in women's superhero movies, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's simply impractical, though. Like, sexy clothing is not good for combat. It just isn't. I'm bringing up DC, but think about um, Catwoman. Wonder Woman. Well, well, Catwoman in stilettos. What woman runs in stilettos? (laughs) Let alone roundhouse kicks people in. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Am I good to finally? So you guys outvoted me, so Black Widow is going to end up at a 4.51 over Guardians 2 at a 4.5. So it is at... What was Guardians 2 at with Loki? Guardians 2 with Loki in there was at uh, 19. It is now at 20. Black Widow is at number 19. That seems fair. Pretty mid-range. Yeah. 19 out of 27. So, All right. Anything else you want to say before I tease things? And then (laughs) it's been two hours of Black Widow. So. Oh, my God. I think we were releasing a lot of marvel over the past couple years oh yeah it's been a bit for that yeah like this was such a refresher this is way off topic but i want to tell you guys i know Ruthie can cut this out but we Noah and i went to see a movie for like the first time since covid right um we went to see a quiet place too and we were so disappointed that we were like please have black widow be good because, like, we were so disappointed with A Quiet Place, too, that it was just, like, yeah. But I think Black Widow, for anyone, even if it was, like, their first movie coming back from COVID or, like, the tenth movie coming back from COVID, I feel like it was a great movie. Yeah, I JJ and I enjoyed it when we went to see it together. And, you know, I was just happy to be able to go see a movie in theaters again after That's not seeing it for one for over a year and not seeing a Marvel movie in two years, so... Yeah, last one I think I saw before this was Sonic. Same. <laughs> the last movie I saw before this was... Oh, God. It was so long ago. The last movie I can remember seeing was honestly Endgame. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, I saw... It was Sonic, and then before that was Far From Home, and then... Cause, oh, I don't know. No, oh, yeah, Far From Home. That was my last one before COVID. Yeah. Scratch that. I did see Monster Hunter between Sonic and this, but I like, didn't even know they made this that. Is a step up from both of those movies. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I mean, I still enjoyed Sonic, but yeah, this, this is Sonic better. Sonic was good, but this was better. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't disagree. Um, all right, so that is it for Black Widow. We're caught up on all twenty-seven MCU projects for now. Coming up, uh, Will, JJ, and I are going to continue our Pokemon Generations talk. We're doing Gen Three this week. Hoenn, one, uh, many of our favorites, many people's favorites. So it's going to be fun there. Um. And then otherwise, uh, our next MCU thing, What If, is coming out August 11th. Um, JJ might be joining that. Gabe might be joining that. I'm going to figure that out when as What If comes up, What who's oh, going to be God, on. all of us on one podcast. And Will, yeah, yeah, yeah. Will, Whatever, if you want to be... Well, that's going to go. I want to join. What If? Yeah. Okay, well, we can try to fit six people on a podcast. <laughs> that's, that seems more, um, more uh, not accurate, but like appropriate for the multiverse getting all of us in on a multiverse thing yeah we're all we're all different versions of us um (laughs) all right so what if is coming out august 11th and then the next mcu movie coming out is shang chi and on september 3rd so we'll at least we'll review shang chi as well when that comes out um which i i'm excited for um more so after that first that big like trailer and uh, like seeing things like we saw a freaking dragon um as like that looked cool and just seeing it looks pretty visually appealing um and martial arts movies are pretty cool so um also we got to see abomination and Juan at the end of the trailer fighting so that's going to be interesting to see two completely different characters that we haven't seen in a bit fight so or at least abomination we definitely haven't seen since incredible hulk so um all right and then i think that's it um we're only doing pokemon and mcu stuff at the moment um I don't know. Uh, so, any anything else you guys want to drop before we get off? I still think we should try to film us playing Town of Salem together, not gonna lie. <laughs> Town of Salem podcast? Anyone? Oh, yes. Okay. That's fun. Yeah, well, we can talk about that off air. So. Yeah, get ready for just a, uh, Kim, what are you doing? Kim, Kim, <laughs> Kim, stop. Kim, Kim, why did you kill me? Kim! <laughs> Kim, stop making fun of him. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that off air. Um but anyways, we will see you guys next time on Tribe of Nerds. <laughs>